0: Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan, a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but entirely remote with employees spread out across North America. We specialize in Laravel, a PHP framework, What we're often pairing that with any number of JavaScript frameworks and libraries and doing all sorts of fun stuff. And it's that sort of extra fun stuff that we do that I think we're going to mostly talk about today. I'm your host, Dave Picking, and this week I'm joined by Jake, a programmer here at Titan. Jake, how's it going?
1: Hello, Dave. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Uh, So for people who don't know you, Jake, um, who are you? What do you do? Uh,
1: I'm Jake. I'm Jake Bathman on everything. Uh, I I think it's easy to uh, have your full first and last name when you have a weird name because nothing is ever taken uh, for domain names or usernames or anything like that. So why not? Just full first and last name. Um, I've been a programmer. Is that what we call it? Programmer? Yeah, we call it programmer now. Yeah. I'm a programmer uh, at Titan. Uh, for a little over t- two years now, uh, was it 2018? Yeah, two years.
0: Wait, you started in 2018?
1: I think that's right. Oh yeah.
0: wow, is that right? Feels like longer.
1: No, that's 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 right. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Jake's like, no, it feels just about right.
1: Well, <laughs> I have I have three kids, and each of them was born when I was at a different job, and uh, like close to right after I started at, at most of the jobs. So uh, right after I started here, I actually was working here for like a week, and then uh, went on some paternity leave.
0: good time to get a job.
1: Exactly. Yeah. A little downtime.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. So uh, we've got Jake on the show today, uh, not necessarily talk about Laravel or any interesting, fun JavaScript stuff, but instead to talk about the world of Slack bots and apps and all sorts of stuff like that. Jake, don't worry. Uh, I'm not proclaiming that you know the answers to all. I know that Slack is um, we'll say investing heavily in this area. And I feel like every time I go to look at the documentation or feature list, they've added something different. But mm-hmm. you're pretty active with with sort of messing around with this sort of stuff at Titan. And messing around is actually too loose of a word. Like you've actually done interesting stuff that we use all the time at Titan. So before we get into that, I want to start at square one. Because if, if you've used Slack at all, you've probably run across a bot or an app or an integration. And I think people sometimes use those terms interchangeably. So w- What are, what are those things? Do they mean the same thing? And why should people care
1: about them? They mostly mean the same thing. Uh, Slack uses the term app uh, to indicate your, if if you've done anything with development before in a third party, you know, like developers.twitter.com or whatever it is. um, The thing that you create in that environment to give you a secret token to call an API, uh, Slack calls that an app. And then your app can do a ton of stuff. So one of the things you can do is have a bot user. So if you've got a a user um, that's just going to post stuff in your channel every time, like GitHub's uh, Slack app, you can have it post uh, a message in a certain channel every time a build fails or something like that. That's GitHub's bot user. It has a little GitHub icon and it says GitHub and it might have like the word bot next to the name. Uh, But apps in a Slack context can do... um, uh, like dozens of different other additional things, and there's these little feature toggles for what you want to turn on. So Slack can notify you every time somebody posts a message in a certain channel, or uh, you can get uh, a little ping whenever there's a, a URL with a certain hostname. Like if you wanted to unfurl anything uh, with the jakebathen.com domain, you could have Slack to let you know every time somebody posts a URL with jakebathen.com as the hostname, and you could send back some pretty formatted thing. So app as the high level surface is what they would call it. But um, there's also a ton of other stuff. I I think now they have something I've never really messed with. If you're in Slack or if you uh, next time you're in Slack, there's an apps uh, section, I guess you'd call it in the the sidebar. Uh, And an app can also present stuff there. So if Trello wanted to, they could make uh, part of their Trello app. When you go to like Trello.com, they could make a version of that within Slack and have, you know, your workflow kind of live within the Slack application instead of kicking you out to a normal website. So there's tons of stuff you can do with that. Most people are going to be familiar with basic bot users, like posting gifs and things like that.
0: What's interesting about the app section on the left, you just called it out. I can't say I've ever really paid attention to it is that it has like, there are apps that we have integrated with our, with our Slack at Titan that should be there, but you have to manually add them. So, yes. right. So we use Slab and I just added Slab. And by default, it sort of makes it almost look like I'm DMing with with, with a bot for the Slab app. But mm-hmm. there's like a tabbed interface at the top. One of, And the first tab is home. And if you click mm-hmm. on that, all of a sudden, I view my favorite things in in Slab. I have a shortcut to create a new post. I'm viewing things that are recently viewed. That's actually like more useful than I would have assumed. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to figure out why wouldn't they pre-populate that? Because that's just not discoverable Like at all. You have to go hunting to find that. That's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. And slab when they made their Slack app, um, I don't know for sure. I don't know the people at slab, but, uh, they would have had to have, uh, that's like a a piece you have to make yourself. You have mm. to, to tell, um, have a, a piece of your application, uh, that Slack will use to say, okay, when a user goes to the home tab of your app in the app section, which again, if like Dave said, if you've never actually been there before, it's like, super buried. (laughs) They don't, they don't easily help you find this. Um, they have a part of their API that returns all those things, uh, so that they can make this little view for you that you're seeing right now, Dave.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so prior to, I'd say maybe, I don't know when the switch happened. Maybe I want to say like six or nine months ago, but maybe before then, but like, I feel like initially most people's interaction with the idea of like an app or a bot in Slack was like a gift bot, basically, or like something mm-hmm. sort of light to try to like, you know, bring some sort of levity to our remote team. Um, and we definitely have those at Titan for sure. But we also have some some uh, some things that are useful and productive. And we talked about like some third party ones, but we have some internal ones that we've used as well. Right. Because you wrote the is in bot, correct? Mm-hmm, yep. Can you can you talk a little bit about what that is?
1: <laughs> this is uh, a brainchild of friend of the show, Daniel Colborn and I. We were at a client meeting, a client onsite a couple of years ago, and Titan was. We had just done our onsite, I think Titan had, uh, and the there was a funny discussion about um, in our general channel. Like we don't, nobody likes the presence indicators in Slack. They're not useful enough. You know, the little green dot or a little circle, empty dot for are you online or offline? Because sometimes, like for me my green dot is probably always lit up, but I might not be working at the time. So we were trying to come up with a system of what do you put in the general channel that, uh, could like tell people that you're here, that you're in for the day and you're available if somebody wants to ping you. Um, and so Colbert and I had, had thought that a a simple like at symbol and then either the words in or out would be a good kind of starting place for that. And you could do at break or at lunch or something like that. Um, so we wanted that to also be a useful tool. So, the first question the reason that we would be doing that is because somebody might say they might uh, get to work and say hey is dave in right now and instead of scrolling back up through the general channel which can be kind of large if we get on a tangent and just trying to find dave's name or doing some like find in the search bar uh for the last time dave did an at symbol um that's kind of tedious so yeah. i built uh, is in bot which is not the best name for a bot i've ever had <laughs> But it, it's, it, it actually doesn't have a bot user. That's the funny thing. So we're talking about Slack apps. Yeah. You have to tell a Slack app if you want it to have a bot user, somebody that shows up and can be app mentioned. Is in bot doesn't have one of those if you've ever tried to app mention it. But what it does is it exposes a slash command, slash isIn. And then you can app mention somebody and they don't get the app mention. but you do slash isIn at dehicking or whatever your Slack username is. And uh, you'll get an ephemeral message. So Slack has two types of messages that a, a, an application can send to a channel. A normal one, which everybody can see, and an ephemeral one, which only the person that did something can see. So if you type a slash command, you get an ephemeral message, you can only see the result of that. So is in bot goes through the history of the general channel for the last day and says, has Dave said at something? Uh, and then kind of compiles all the times you've said that. If you said at lunch, and then you said at back sometime after that, what is your current status and tells that to the user. So that was kind of fun to do. Um, that's living right now. Um, and I kind of like that. It's just, that's all that it does. Uh, yeah. It's just this tiny little thing that just tells you what the status of somebody is, if they're in or not.
0: And it's interesting because I think our, we've had this like culture that is built up around that, where obviously we have lots of in jokes about like people being, you know, being funny with it, but also, you know, before we jumped on this, on this, on this recording, we like, I, I said at podcasting, like with And so like, if somebody uh, does slash is in, uh, my username, I think it'll return podcasting. Is that right? No, it will not <laughs>
1: <laughs> because there's too many things that'll be an at something. That's so true. right now I just did it for you and, uh, you're in okay, the, that's good. two hours ago. That's true. You said the word back. That's true. So it's, it's true. You're still in. Um, so it's, it's kind of a whitelist. Uh, we won't, we don't need to get into why we have some of them blue right now, but, um, there's a kind of a wide support i was i've kind of slowly been adding more things just based on how people talk yeah so it doesn't have to be the only thing in the message if you say like i'm going to be at out for the next hour or something like that Uh, then your status will still be set to out Um, but it's a whitelist for in out lunch back brb break and then a couple of emoji too. So if you just type the coffee emoji, you'll be your status will be um, on a break for. Oh, 20 that's pretty minutes. good. I and didn't realize had we
0: had I didn't realize we were responding to. I mean, I should have known that you had it responding to emojis, but yeah.
1: There's a, there's only two, I think. The coffee emoji and um, the tea emoji for yeah. the non coffee people in our in our work. I appreciate. And then um, also uh, the timer emoji, and then the tea tea cup oh, emoji. yeah, so I use like, that one. Or no, tea and then timer. Yeah, so tea time. Tea time. We'll yeah. do it too. Yeah, but if you just say like man, I'm really loving my teacup emoji today. Oh, like yeah. that won't set you on a break. It has to, Those. It, it's more specific than that. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to over-assume too much, but I noticed that some people were doing that and uh, added support for it.
0: And and you're right. Like it it sounds kind of maybe possibly silly, but it is super useful. The ability for anybody at the company, but especially for like people who work across different projects at Titan, whether it's me or Matt or Dan or anybody else like that to sort of have an idea of, I need to DM, I'd like to get like a response from, from Jake about this, but like, I don't know if he's in right now and it shows up as green, but like you said, sometimes like it might show up as green, but actually you just stepped away like five minutes, like a couple minutes ago and it hasn't switched to green yet. You know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. the way that stack handles the slack, the way that Slack handle statuses, um, it's not as nuanced as I think you kind of need. Right. I think if you are only, I don't know, I feel like. It might have made sense for how Slack worked and how people use Slack, like when Slack first came out, like seven, six, seven years ago whatever. But like, I don't know. I really appreciate is in I think that's like an interesting example of something that is not a full-fledged, like it's not trying to have like a big app, like app interface or anything like that. It's a slash command. You've got something listening on the back end. Like it's it's it feels kind of lean, but it's it's really useful.
1: And it's actually the only Slack thing so far that I've made that I've thought about publishing to the directory. Mm. Uh, There's some additional work I'd have to do to get that going. Um, Also to provide some way for people to customize their, um, their nomenclature for whether they're in or out, or if they want to support emoji or something like that. I just kind to think through a couple of those things, but I mean, that's what Slack apps are nice because they start private basically in your, in your workspace. That's what Slack calls, you know, your, your group, your team uh, that your Slack is in. Uh, so you install it to that workspace when you, rec- you create a new app, even if it does just one thing. Um, and then there's a whole checklist of things you have to go through and do. You have to make sure that you don't have any secrets. Um, you know, like it's it's not assuming a certain team ID, which is a, what they call a workspace ID. It's not assuming any um, credentials because it has to use OAuth for the person that's installing it. You know, somebody I don't know is going to install it to a workspace I'm not in. I have to make sure that it's not pulling anything from from our workspace or it's, you know, it's going to only look at theirs. So there's a whole checklist of things I've been thinking about going through and actually publishing it just to just kind of go through that process.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I bet. was it? Use like a, a YAML file to define statuses or some, some sort of thing like that where you can sort of say like, look out for these things. Like I could imagine that being a, I don't know if that's how it works, but
1: it, it's not, it's in the PHP file. It's, okay, just it's in, actually some just in the, the class, but even then, um, so think about if you like, we, we just installed this, um, we actually just removed it. We'd installed this, this app from the Slack. I don't know what they call it app, uh, their Directory, app store, whatever yeah. they call. I can't say App Store because you know Apple would slap them. But yeah, whatever their app directory is, um, we called uh, Song Whip, oh, which yeah. is really cool. If you post a link in any channel to like a Spotify song or a uh, Apple Music, whatever, it'll uh, send you back uh, the the Song Whip bot or whatever it is. We'll post a link to songwhip.com slash whatever. And that page will have, uh, so if you're an Apple Music, which I think you are an Apple Music yep. guy, and I'm a Spotify guy mostly. So if I post a Spotify link, you can get the Apple Music link. Yep. Within, which is, so it's a super helpful little bot. Um, but the problem for, for things like that is once a user installs it, the best place uh, for them to make those kind of customizations is in Slack itself. Um, and that's uh, like within the slash command or something like that, like slash set dash is in or something like that. And you can do some customizations. I kind of, I'm trying to think through if that's possible, you could have a website where somebody, you know, they customize their stuff. Like if you've ever used the app called Uh poly, which is like a polling app. Um, poly has a great web interface uh, for making a new poll and stuff like that. So yeah. you could have a way to customize it on the web for people but they would never have access to any i wouldn't want you know it it'd need to be like a dashboard control panel type thing with nice switches and buttons and maybe right. some preset uh, sets of things to search for um so that's that's part of the reason i haven't published it yet is just it's, it seems like a very specific tool to our workspace with how we use it um and i, I honestly don't even know if anybody would find it useful or not um but i kind of still want to publish it just just to do it
0: so one thing you you talked about a little bit earlier was uh, a slash command which is something that i think most slack users are 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 familiar with but it's the idea it's literally like slash some word and then some action that you can do right like or there's mm-hmm. sometimes no action at all right like slash zoom will launch a zoom call if, the, if you have zoom installed uh slash uh giphy will and then search type the name of a gif and you get a little thing that lets you select from GIFs. you know they're really important things mm-hmm. that you need to Very important. do your for job sure. on, a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, <laughs> and I bring that up because one thing that you've been working on with a bunch of other folks at Titan lately is an internal tool. I don't think we've talked about this anywhere publicly, but why not? It's called RAM. I don't think we have. And um, it is effectively a snippet. It's like code snippets for a team. Is that a decent way to describe it's, it? Yeah,
1: it's, it's our own private gist, which uh, we, the whole team the whole workspace can see it's it's a website i mean we'll we'll talk about the slack piece of it yeah but yeah it's it's just for for our company um where we can share it's basically just and we we also can feel comfortable sharing things like from client projects that other people have worked on where in other gists or publicly we don't want to share so internal code and things like that
0: and one of the things that i know you've been working on as a piece of that is a is is a slack app for for that and the slack app has taken i feel like multiple forms right it can do Mm -hmm. it's it seems like compared to Isinbot, which is somewhat like limited in what it, what it what it does and what you ask it to do, this is so. I'll make sure I get this right. So we have the ability to search RAM, to mm-hmm. post to RAM, um, and we can do that both from slash commands and a UI. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, so there's yeah. <laughs> so so that's a lot. Another, <laughs> this is another feature of an app that you can have. Um, I I don't remember what they call. I think they call them modals. So. Uh, if anyone hasn't used uh, this in Slack before, you'd be familiar with the basic concept of a modal from websites, where if you click something, a smaller box pops up in the middle and maybe the background would go gray, uh, and it would have a couple of form inputs or something like that. Maybe a login page would do that. Um, so in Slack, an app can have modals and they're composed using their own, uh, job, um, JSON syntax, uh, called block kit, which is very cool and it's a way for you to kind of um, have different uh, form inputs or buttons or uh, little text areas or multi-select boxes and compose them in uh, just a big json blob and when you post it to a certain endpoint there's the whole i'm oversimplifying it for sure but uh, it'll show a little modal to the user that did something like slash ram or clicking a message so then i think everybody if you use Slack, you should have the, the new Slack. It's kind of like the new Coke. Um, <laughs> oh, so it does feel a little late. Like
0: there's a new Coke thing, new new Coke vibe going on with new Slack, but that's a whole other
1: conversation. There really <laughs> is. Yeah, we've especially when you get to the iOS, new oh Slack. Oh, my God. But, um, so everybody should have the message actions. I think that that's yeah. no, either message actions or message actions have maybe existed already, but global actions, I think, are new. So there's multiple places um, what do they call them? They call them like touch points or points of interaction uh, from within Slack that your app can can surface. So if you are typing something in a channel, there's a little lightning bolt to the left of your text box and those are global actions. So the app can make one available there. So we have create new entry in RAM there. Or if you hover over a message, you can do uh, the little three dots, vertical three dots, and then there's save a message as snippet, uh, which I probably need to unify those, those messages because <laughs> they do the same thing, basically, which is Open up a modal in Slack, either with empty content for your new thing in RAM, which could just be a single line of a bash command for something that you forgot how to do and you had to go look up. We've done, uh, you know, how do you compose or require something with a version? Because I have to look that up every time. So that's like perfect for for RAM. Right. Uh, And then you can select uh, some tags for your thing and then submit it. Um, So all three of those touch points, though, slash the slash command, which is slash RAM, the global shortcut. And the message shortcut all do the same thing, which is start creating a new entry in RAM. Uh, and once the user hits save, it'll be posted to a channel as a new, a new RAM entry. Which entry I don't like the name of, but that's what we call it. Yeah. Um, and so, and then there's the uh, slash RAM search, which uh, isn't actually implemented right now. This is still in PR. Actually, we've just been playing with it. It's actually just running on a, a private server of mine for testing stuff. Which we'll get into that. Why, um, one annoyance I have with Slack, developing Slack stuff, but yeah, um, we should probably yeah, get that really moved to. We should
0: probably fun. get that moved to one of our, one of our servers.
1: Well, we gotta we gotta yeah. do the once the PR goes through, oh, then yeah. it'll work. But without a PR, it uh, it won't work. So then it will be.
0: So Titan is a completely remote agency, and Slack is where we spend like all of our. Well, I should say all of our time. I'm not a developer, so I spend almost all my time in Slack. But aside from actually writing code. Slack is the other sort of default place for pretty much everybody at, at Titan to be. So, you know, it seems to make sense that you might invest some time or, or effort into build into like either building a bot or app or like really configuring like Slack to really like be connected to all the things that you want. Mm. If, if someone's listening to this and they use Slack, but they're not like, I mean, they might be remote right now, but maybe they're not always remote or they're sort of like half in on Slack or half out. Do you, do you think you have to like really be like invested in, in Slack and living there like day to day for it to be, for, for like bots and apps to be useful? Or do you, do you think it's the kind of thing where even if you're kind of a light user of Slack, you should be looking into this?
1: You mean for creating one of your own or using the well, ones let's that Let's start are already, with creating one of your own. Yeah. Creating one of your own is pain. Um, <laughs> okay, good. We should talk about that at some point. <laughs> yes, we, we can talk about that for, for a number of reasons. It's a pain, um, it, to do what we want to do with yeah. like block kit is really nice and, um, doing a lot of the more advanced features is nice. They make it easy if you want to do it. Their API is wonderful. Their documentation is very thorough. Um I very rarely had an issue where I get like an error that's undocumented back or something like that or some kind of an issue. Um lots of public APIs, really good stuff. OAuth flow is very good. Um but there's a lot of overhead for kind of getting one built. There are some things that they make available. What do they call them? Um, if you go into uh, your um, admin panel or whatever, it's it's on the web. It's not. This is not within Slack. Uh, where you can see all the apps you've made. So this is not writing apps again. This is like uh, configuring the ones you already have. There are some built-in things you can do, like webhooks, for example. So you can create an incoming webhook for one channel, and this is again. Not anything with developing. This is like a built-in app that Slack makes available to you. And you can, let's say you wanted to make an app or you already had an app and um, it's a level app or whatever. And it's going to do a thing and it's going to take an hour to run a job or to do something. It could be just something locally. You're running a script and it's going to take an hour. And you'd like to know in Slack when that's done. You can, without having to code anything for this from the Slack side, without needing any special OAuth or anything like that, any having to deal with users or permissions, you can go to the web. It's um, whatever your Slack workspace is, uh, slack.com slash apps, and then make a new like incoming webhook. And they give you a URL, https slack.whatever slash long unguessable string. And if you post to that endpoint, whatever you post gets sent to that channel just as a message. You don't get to do a lot of crazy custom formatting. You don't make it to make it look pretty. But if you just wanna know when the .sh file that runs for 30 minutes on your local machine is done, you can create an incoming webhook. Things like that are super useful. And there's a lot of stuff that you might want to reach for a Slack app to do. They can be done using um, built-in incoming and outgoing webhooks, using the built-in Slack bot. Um, sla- you can make slash commands just using their the website. Um, so you make a new slash command and you tell it slash what, and then, uh, you can give it a, uh, it gives you a little, um, a way to post to that URL or something that it's going to send you. And it's super, super simple. You can do it all without having to make an app yourself. Um, if you're just like roughly development minded, um, they make a lot of stuff available for you like that. If you want to be more customized about it, or if you want to publish it to the Slack app directory, uh, they do call it the app directory by the way. Uh, you'll have to make an actual app yourself,
0: but yeah. And also if, if you're interested in doing stuff with webhooks, I mean, what you can configure with Zapier to then send to Slack via webhook is mm-hmm. super powerful. We use it all the time at Titan for stuff, right? So we have like a whole, God, I, someday I'll have to t- I, on this podcast, talk about, um, how How much we, I won't say abuse, how much we utilize truly all the features in Zapier to do things like, because, you know, when we have contracts that get signed or things like that, I would love to know about it in Slack. Mm -hmm. Like, I love to know immediately. And, you know, some, not all of our tools give us. That kind of thing, but you know, webhooks are extremely powerful for that kind of notification stuff, as you just said. And mm-hmm. um, Zapier already brings a lot of that. Let's a lot of those things. I'm using talk with quotations. You all can't see me because <laughs> this is a audio only podcast. Let's them talk together. Really, they're just sending right webhooks back and forth. But um, but yeah, um, but yeah I, I've, I've used webhooks a lot for that. But I never really thought about doing my own slash command. And now you got me thinking. I might have to experiment with that.
1: It's super super easy. You do have to do a little bit of coding because um, you have to actually you'll <laughs> receive they'll they'll post something to you um you know if you do slash whatever uh you'll you'll have to have something running on a server that can receive that slash whatever and then send something back it could be the same thing every time um, if you wanted to just do like uh, a funny face or something like that or a certain gif you could do it just with a slash command like that but you'd have to have something to return um, and there's a ton of additional built-in apps so we use the twitter slack app a lot i think we have like 30 something configurations of it either for some people's tweets are put into our social channel. We also have like a DevOps channel that has a couple of main services we use, like um, GitHub, their uh, status bot, or um, I think it's just their Twitter account or um, other Twitter accounts that deal with services that we use. We haven't posted every tweet that they send gets posted to a social channel or a DevOps channel or something like that. So there's a bunch of stuff that's already an app that you don't have to make right. yourself. You can just configure it with a couple clicks.
0: So it sounds like it um, sounds like there is a bit of a of a learning curve if you really want to dive dive into um, to to building a Slack app. Is that fair to say?
1: If you want to make it complicated, then yes. <laughs> um, it's it's not super. If you've done anything with basic OAuth stuff and you know how to post and receive stuff, especially Laravel makes it extra easy. You set up a route that you want Slack to post to. Um, most of that's relatively simple. Uh, and then there've been enough people do this that if you have any weird issue, um, you can find answers readily available on GitHub. There's also a bunch of Slack clients for, uh, like API clients as packages, like a Laravel oh, that's package. That, you that can makes, install.
0: that makes a lot of sense
1: for Ram. We rolled our own because I kind of wanted to do it again from scratch. So we have a custom middleware and, um, some, uh, custom classes that'll do the client calling and things like that. Um, cause I didn't think it would meet our needs very well.
0: So, if the fine people at Slack were happening to be listening to this, um, what are some things that you think they could change or add that would make your that would make your ability or your desire to 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 build Slack apps just that that much greater?
1: Well, Dave, as you know, <laughs> um, you are a I professional Slack a, user. I'm a professional emoji adder to Slack. <laughs> that is true. Um, I have I looked it up. I have 569 custom emojis added to the Titan workspace. Um, that's mostly new emojis. Some aliases are in that as well. So I've, I've added some emojis. There are no good API endpoints. There are no public API endpoints for getting information about the emojis in a workspace. I think there's one non-enterprise public API endpoint. that will tell you all the emoji in your workspace. Just list them out their names. You know, what, what you type into Slack to make them and then a URL for the image. And that's it. doesn't give you who made it, doesn't give you when it was created. There's no event that you can set up. Um, events API we, we didn't even get to, but events is one of the things where Slack will send your web application something, when uh, you know a payload, when something happens. So when a user posts a link or every message to a channel, um, but it could be events like a new emoji was added. I would love an events API uh, endpoint for the Slack emoji when a new one's made or one's deleted. Please, Slack, please. I just want to have a bot that keeps score of how many emoji everybody has added and notify everybody when a new one's made. Please. That's all I want. I've literally been waiting and asking for this for over four years now.
0: I'm just imagining like slash emoji stats and then like, you know, maybe a date range and it tells you like you could get real creative with an emoji, emoji stats bot for
1: sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had all those thoughts and I want to build it, but they won't let me.
0: Emojis aside, is there anything else that, any, anything else that really pops into mind that they could either, I mean, you could approach this from two, two different ways, right? It could be um, more capability or it could be lowering the barrier entry for that sort of basic capability that, that they already have.
1: Um, honestly, for yeah. if, if you know what you want to build, you can build it really, really easily just with their documentation. It's probably some of the best API documentation. It's really thorough. Uh, every reference document also has, um, and like every method reference also for an API, has a list of every error you might get with the description. It has a list of all the parameters that you would need. Most of the guides have like a little mini tutorial in them with good example code. Um, not even just for PHP, it's just very, very good. It, it, is, it takes time. And they're in a transition period right now where they're moving stuff from this old method of interactions, how, uh, how a, a, an app used to just, like, if you wanted your app to do what Ram does, where it has a little text input with some buttons, that used to be a message and the message itself in line, maybe it would just be showing to you, but it would be in line, like a normal Slack message from a bot would have a big text area and some buttons and it was terrific. Um, you can kind of still do that, but they're moving to this block kit thing. And so the my the uh api documentations in kind of a transition state right now but even just like labeling stuff as old uh for um documentation like you know this is a, a method that's no longer um no longer in use please migrate to our new slack uh, or blockkit uh, block kit integration type with a link to that they've done a lot of stuff to make it super super easy uh to go through and build pretty much whatever you want um, there's some new things you'll have to learn. Like I mentioned in middleware, so you don't have to give your app, um, like a secret, a shared secret between, um, when Slack is going to post something to your app, uh, to your, you know, your server, whatever it is, you don't have to have some shared secret that you just verify that you have to store in an ENV file somewhere. You have like a signing token. So in a middleware, you have to compute this signing hash of the payload, it's a little it's super complicated. Um, but they make it easy where you don't have to have any weird tokens or anything like that. Um, there's no weird user management stuff. Tons of stuff is configurable on their, the app, uh, like the developer console. Uh, you don't have to do any weird commands. There's no command line thing to do. They've, they've done a ton of work in this. And I'm assuming that, cause I think about that too. When I see like the, the GitHub Slack app, you know, there's a team of people probably GitHub, at least a handful of people that manage their like, Points of contact like that, they have their Slack app running, and they're in the same developer console that I am on Slack.com/apps/whatever it is. They're doing all the same stuff, and I'm sure they're finding it perfectly capable because it does everything that everyone, small and large, would need. um So I honestly don't think that they need to lower the barrier, barrier to entry. It's just getting your head around some of the nomenclature and the terms of how their API calls stuff, and then just making it. So oh, the one thing that this reminds me of that uh I don't know if it's, it's possible so this is the the reason why the RAM Slack bot is running on my own server right now is um so let's take a, a scenario okay you do slash ram because you want to add something you Dave have come up with some nice way to do something you want to store it in RAM all the time sure all the time so you do slash ram and our ram slack app has said hey anytime someone uses the slash command slash ram post that event to this endpoint, to this URL. And we've already set that up in a Laravel app. Well, when I'm writing this locally, I can look at their documentation. I see what that event payload is going to look like. Uh, I have, you know, the big, huge JSON. It's got all the different keys about like who initiated the slash RAM and what channel was it? What's the team ID? Um, all this jazz. And then I write all the code that say like, okay, we need to show the modal or respond back to the user with the current weather or whatever it's going to be. Testing that locally is basically impossible because Slack can't get to your workspace locally. It can't get to your computer when it's posting to something. It needs a publicly available URL. Right. And you could do something like NGROC um, and that's probably a decent way to do it, but there's not a good solution for when you're developing something, testing that locally. And I have um, another personal Slack workspace that I do a lot of that testing in. I can deploy something to just a private server and do some tests and use my own slack workspace without installing it on our titan workspace yet there's i don't know if if that's for slack to do but there's there's got to be a way to make that part of it easier um because especially if you're new to this you do a lot of like writing to logs like as soon as you get an api post from slack you're just writing it to the log just to look at okay what the hell does this look like (laughs) i want to (laughs) know i figure out how to peruse this which pieces of this do i need Um, But you've got to do that in a public server, so it's just, there's there's a little bit of weird chicken before the egg thing that you have to do for that. Um, They could make it easy to have some kind of a um, web interface where they say, oh, you're just creating your new thing. You want to test out the events API endpoint. Okay, here's test.slack.com slash blah, blah, blah. Go here, and there's just this little live log output of all these events that you've said you want from your workspace. And we'll just post all that stuff here and you can see what, what, what it's all looking like and maybe download it or something, something like that could be a nice tool, um, for, for being able to test these, um, these endpoints where they're posting something to you. There's a lot of it is asynchronous like that. They're sending something to you and they want you to do something with it and reply back. And without having something already deployed, that's kind of difficult to, to initiate. You
0: strike me as the kind of person who might have, a whether it's a notes doc or a, a bear doc or something where you keep like ideas or like, we, I mean, we have a whole channel called half baked Italian, right? But like, mm-hmm. were you, you're showing me as kind of person who might have some random ideas floating around for Slack apps or bots that you, uh, that you might want to get to one day. Is there a particular one that comes to mind that you you'd like to build, but you just haven't had a chance to do so yet?
1: Uh, I, it's in things for me. <laughs> <laughs> seen, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, yes. So is in bot, um, Matt Stauffer has said this, he wants this and I think it would be a good idea. I've just got to figure out how to implement it, which is like, if I get in in the morning and I say slash is in at Dave Hicking yeah. and is in bot says, Oh, I haven't heard from Dave today. So I'm assuming he's out. I want to be able to say, all right, tell me when he gets in.
0: Mm, so remind I, me. I,
1: I, I need to talk to him. Yeah. It's, uh, or, um, well, here's the message I was going to send to him. Uh, I, I had the idea to call this like slash delay. So you'd be like slash delay at Dave Hicking, something, something, something. And then as soon as you do your at in, oh. uh, in bot would say, Hey, I have a, a delayed message for him. And it would DM it to you from the person, um, from the person would be tedious. So you have to like, say like, Hey, this is from Matt. He delayed it an hour ago or something, but some way to asynchronously say, um, I need to talk to this person either. Let me know when they're in or send them this, when they get in. Um, I think that would be a, a good next feature for is to do.
0: Oh, um, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I would I, use that all the time.
1: There's a little bit of, especially when um, Colburn is here. If he's listening, he would be happy about this. That um, <laughs> we're still trying to not track anybody. We don't want to be. That's creepy. true. So what the bot doesn't do is it doesn't get every message from the general channel and store it somewhere. And then when somebody asks for a status, it already knows the status. It doesn't do that. It does a. a it gets all the messages in general every single time someone invokes it and computes their status as of that time. Um, and so if somebody edits a message or something, you know, it'll do it every time it's called and we don't store anything. I don't store any status information about anybody ever. I don't want to. So <sighs> storing something like that, I, I, I want everything to be like ephemeral. Like if Dave just doesn't come in today, I don't know what to do with that message. You know, I, I don't want to keep it around for, for multiple weeks or be like tracking whether or not we've sent something to you. I don't want to track message content. Like if what if it's private, I don't need to see what that is. So there's there's things like that we need to figure out first. Um, but I think it would be kind of cool to have something like
0: that. I mean, the ability to send a delayed message should really be built into Slack. Actually, it should be. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I wonder. I mean, that 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 is a common uh, feature in more enterprisey email setups, right? Like Outlook mm. has been able to for a long time, been able to like delay when I'm going to send this message. And I'm, I believe there are like Gmail, I think like plugins or, or like labs, mm-hmm. like there are things that you add ons that you can use to do that sort of thing. And as Slack increasingly goes after uh, the big enterprise market, that feels like a thing that people are going to want. Right. Cause they've got yeah. the, like, you know, a uh, thing where if someone has do not disturb turned on, and you send a message. It won't notify them until it, until do not disturb comes off, but do not disturb. And your is in status is not the same thing.
1: Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. My do not disturb could expire in the morning at six o'clock, uh, but I'm not going to get until eight, Right. Um, and I could just ignore your message. which That's what I'd probably do. Yeah. I mean, um, sure. Who doesn't, but yeah, that, I mean, it, and this is maybe a particular thing because we want to really focus on the work-life balance. And, yeah. And um, Matt, if your boss DMs you at any time, you're going to respond to it. Like e- even though going we're going to, even e- if he tells you right. at the beginning, do not respond to this until tomorrow morning, <laughs> do not read this message. You're you're, you're going to read it and you're probably going to work and respond to it even if he tells you not to, just because I don't know, that's that's also the kind of people that we are. Um, well, also, it doesn't seem yeah. super important. Somebody might not, but we're not just going to ignore it. So having an actual delayed implementation would, would probably work better.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because what I do is I don't want any little notification badge on my Slack icon on my phone, but mm-hmm. I do want notifications. So if I ever see that pop up, I'm going in and if I'm not responding, Snoozy. I'm like, I'm well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sending it to my things to do list so I can deal with uh, it in the morning. Uh, I, do
1: uh, snooze. I, I do snooze, snooze. you know, snooze, show me this tomorrow morning and Slackbot like, reminds me about it. And I just uh. keep hitting snooze. Cause I'm not ready for it. <laughs> yet. But Um, that's probably what slack would say why they don't have a first person mm. a first party implementation of this is because they want it to be controlled by they want the user to determine what they're going to receive and when they're going to receive it and not the sender. Mm. but i don't know that would be nice to have um and then, yeah I have, I have tons of other small apps um i started writing chatbots. bots like oh i was like eight or nine years ago in group me which is like a another group chat client i've written stuff for discord as well um and so I have ideas going back far back to that too, just stuff that it would be nice to implement and I probably will never have time to do, but it'd be kind of fun one day that TM I will.
0: What's been your favorite part so far about learning how to build Slack apps, whether it's at Titan or elsewhere. Cause you know, you just said that you have uh, you've been building these kind of like apps or bots for, for chat things for a little while, but is there anything particularly interesting or just cool that you've learned about doing this recently?
1: Um, Hmm. I mean, most of the time when I'm when I'm building things like this, I I think it's it's either providing something fun or providing some utility, and I think it's it's nice to not be helpful in that way, but to like reduce friction points. Um, So I have a a personal Slack with like some gaming buddies, and we have Tribot in there, which is like our our joke about being tryhards, which we're not. This is like a ten year old gaming joke, and so Tribot does. A bunch of useful things like if somebody goes live on twitch it'll post their their twitch link and say like hey this person's streaming right now or um there's uh there's a bunch of other stuff to do with like the status of the playstation network or things like that that I, uh, we kind of re-implemented from from the group me days but they're just things that allow us to be in one place and share things with each other a little bit easier um and it's it's nice that slack has made just the basics the basic slash commands. Still very easy from the beginning. Um, I recently was doing some more work in Discord for some bots. And it's nice, but like you, you realize when you start to work on, on uh, other big APIs for chat things that uh, it's not as nice as Slack. <laughs> and they don't make it as easy to do certain things. Uh, and their move to this block kit um, format for how you render things that, a, that an app can show to the user is really nice. And they've been doing a very good job about it. So um I'm glad that we're in Slack and not somewhere else. I don't know what the alternative would be for a workspace, but for for personal stuff as well, uh it it makes it for they, they don't want to make it hard for you to do what you want to do and make it look really nice too. Um so if if that if that doesn't continue to ever be the case, I'll be very sad because right now it's really nice.
0: So that's all I have for for questions, Jake, about this. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about or that we didn't talk about that you think we should we should at least mention about Slack bots or apps or or sort of how we use them or anything like that.
1: Um do you have a favorite emoji?
0: Oh, do I have a favorite emoji? We have a new one that's pretty good which is uh lol sob. Have you seen this one?
1: Oh, is that the one with like uh it's like two emoji uh faces that that's right. are Kind of Split. slash yeah, combined right. together. Yeah. I think I've ever seen that. Yeah. That's pretty that good. That is a good one. That's a pretty that's good very one. very good. I mean. I think Jose added that one. Yeah. That,
0: that's pretty good. Um I don't know. We have a lot of custom emojis that we use all the time for stuff. Um, so <laughs> those things where it's like, do I, <laughs> some of them, I don't know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> Not that they're bad or anything, but like, well, there, there's one that's funny. We don't really use it often. It's, it's one I made called Matt Disappoint. Um, which is just a little it's matt's little head when he was like faking disappointment uh, on, a, on a zoom call and I, I, I snagged it and i used that one like very rarely very rarely because matt we're talking about Matt for our cto matt is um overwhelmingly like never like disappointed or like upset with yeah. us or anything like you know what i mean but it was just like sometimes sometimes you got to get it as a as, as an emoji how about you jake i know you've been waiting the entire time to be asked this question Jake, this is what, all is, I to talk about. what is your favorite emoji in slack
1: i real-time follow-up um lol <laughs> sob is sarah bine uh, oh, made that right, that there one. i'm looking at the thing right now thank you Sarah. um i'm really partial to one that i made it's an inside joke of like i don't even it's something about billing or things like that but it's our dan and ball shooter. oh god it's the dan a ball um, is good. it's a little cartoony emoji like, like think of an old school gif from like geo cities um, very cartoony of a like an old timey cannon shooting something from the side. Yeah. And I went through frame by frame and edited out the it had like confetti coming out of it or something, <laughs> and I put like a cartoony uh, t bone steak mm-hmm. being shot out of the cannon yeah. instead. Um, because we were doing like we were talking about Danim balls and they were talking about shooting like meat at something. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but like, just making just a stupid emoji um, about like shooting a big steak out of a cartoon cannon it's like it's so
0: many layers deep of inside jokes and it's one of the joys of working on something like slack right like where you get to um (laughs) you get to try to explain to new people when they join okay so here's like the three stories you have to understand in order to even grok this this emoji but this is i mean that's not that different it's funny we recently posted a episode about like remote culture right all workplaces have like weird phrases or sayings or things like that that Mm -hmm. evolve over time and you know uh a remote work, workplace like Titans, where we use Slack all the time. You're going to have some of those sort of canonically captured in, in emojis. So, yeah, that, that's a pretty good one.
1: I think Chris Trombley said that he had a, something about a beef cannon. And that's why we called it that. <laughs> we going back to find the, the, the genesis. Uh, I don't know. So, it's something about Chris that he said. Oh, this is just in our dms oh my god i made it for wow. him in dms <laughs> wow you're really exposing the truth <laughs> it was there. a typo oh no he made a typo so that's the uh <laughs> that's the one thing that my my old uh, GroupMe group me bots used to do that i don't do now this is again the the daniel colburn school of never remember me um is is i used to store every message because my bot would that's how the group me api worked It was terrible they're owned by microsoft now which did not make it better by the way um <laughs> in contrast to group to a github so group me would would like send you every message i would store every message in a huge table and then i would do like stats about all the messages and i could like look up old stuff and looking back that was not a good thing like i don't i've since deleted all those with a vengeance i don't want any of that even though it was like you know it was group messages but still um so slack um our slack bots not getting everything is nice and yeah. slack makes it good to like segregate out what exactly you get you don't necessarily you're about doesn't just get everything but uh having having a good search will remind us that uh a a dm between me and chris where he i don't even remember what he he made a typo and he said beef cannon instead and so i made him a gif called beef cannon i'd forgotten about that that's very funny um yeah aside from favorite emoji dave i think you've answered all the good questions or asked all the good questions and i have answered them very well i appreciate that jake
0: and and thank you for joining us today i really appreciate it this has been fun uh so you are at Jake Bathman
1: everywhere basically? Everywhere. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I'm not there everywhere. Okay.
0: TikTok, I'm sure.
1: Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can call me on TikTok. That's that's my main that's my main platform right now yeah. for content creation. You doing coding vid- you,
0: you doing coding videos on TikTok?
1: Yeah, fifteen second coding videos. Does anybody do coding videos on TikTok? I'm sure somebody <laughs> does. There's there's people that are doing it. I was I got stuck watching a guy doing um like close up magic last night, which was oh. pretty fun. <laughs> there's 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 stuff for everybody on, on TikTok.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Jake. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Dave.